0: Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppert. Hello. Glad you could join us again today. This week, we're looking at the nature of government. We have to understand the nature of government. God instituted government in Genesis 9-6, but in so doing, he gave a jurisdiction to humanity. And with that, especially with us in our fallen nature, after the, the sin of Adam and so forth, that makes government a very flawed institution. Necessary, but flawed. And that's one of the reasons that our founding fathers put into place the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, which is the first ten amendments to the Constitution of the United States, is all restrictions on the federal government. That is their concept of limited government. Limited government is not about size. Limited government is about jurisdiction. It is limited to decide certain things. Now, our text yesterday, and I want to read it again today because it, it's a little lengthy, but it's important that we understand this. Israel was wanting a king. God didn't want them to have a king. And then he told Samuel, tell them this. And this is what he said in verse 11. First Samuel 8, beginning with verse 11. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. will set some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, and some to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. See, ultimately, the nature of government, unchecked, if if government is unchecked, and this is why the Bill of Rights was put in, was to check it, to to put limitations on it. Unchecked, civil government will always go toward the people being the servants of the government. That's just the nature of government. Now, I want to look at this today particularly regarding freedom of speech, particularly regarding freedom of speech, because this is one of the first things that it says that Congress is not to limit or to prohibit is the freedom of speech. But, now obviously, there are parameters to that. You know, uh, actually, Galatians chapter 5 uses a phrase that, that is very applicable. Do not use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. See, the bottom line is the, the boundaries of liberties are the abuse of someone else. Now... At that point where freedom of speech comes in is abuse of someone else would be something like slander. You're you were actually destroying them with your words, intentionally by design. To uh, to in a you know, the, the example that's so frequently used, you're in a movie theater and you yell fire where well, everybody you know, would be afraid and just take you off running and it's a very dangerous situation. Using your words to create danger, basically intentionally. Now, there's a difference between those types of things and someone not liking what you say someone being offended by what you say. That is an entirely different thing. That, the, in all honesty, the freedom of speech is protection from someone who's been offended by what you say that they can't keep you from saying it. That's ultimately what freedom of speech is all about. And... It was specifically addressing, if, if you get it even more narrow, it was specifically addressing that if those in power, if the government had one view of things and your view of things was different, you still had the right to express your opinion even though those in power did not like it. That is freedom of speech. And today, we're seeing an increasing growth of government restricting people's speech, restricting people's opinions. You know, one of the outgrowths of COVID, you know, um, I I wish more people kept track of what's been happening in the aftermath of COVID, Uh, but... Uh, the news media is not making a big deal of it. The The information is there, and you don't have to go to some sketchy place to find it. But the information is out there. Studies have been done. It, it, is, um, it is well known among those who are following it that all during COVID, government and organizations, mainly social media type things, were coordinating together to shut down any voice that did not agree with the government. Did not matter if it was factual. Didn't matter that there was nothing untrue about it. If it just left a different impression than the one the government wanted, it had to be shut down and those were censored, those were removed, and and there have been case after case after case. Uh, Doctors who had had their license restricted have been restored. Now, the thing of it is, is with all of this, the government is really trying to keep themselves looking good, so it's just kind of general on something else, but they still marked them. They still have this on their record. It's not about what they said over here about COVID is this other thing, but that mark is there. But the reason they attacked them on this was what they were saying about COVID. And, you know, I'll I'll just throw one out here that uh, I really didn't understand uh, at first. And then I began to do some research on it. Uh, There's a book called Good to Great. It's a business book. And in it, one of the stories is about Merck developing a, uh, a product to eliminate river blindness in the Amazon. Now, in that book, they never discuss what that medication is. I just knew that story. Now, the thing of it is, is when all this stuff started coming up about ivermectin, well, it's, it's for animals, it's for horses, it's for cows. That's what it was made for. And I was hearing some other doctors saying, no, this is not true. And I, I went uh, uh, and uh, the, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, uh, chloroquine um, uh, medication. Ultimately, that's for malaria. I actually asked a pharmacist, I said, what, what is the thing about this? I said, is this really unsafe? He said, no, this has been given to people to protect them from malaria for decades. It's one of the lowest risk medications that you could take. There is absolutely, very few people would ever be impacted by it. But what you're hearing from government, from news sources, no, that's not the case, and then trying to shut down or make look bad anybody that says anything otherwise. But again, going back to the ivermectin, um, with this, I started reading up on ivermectin. Well, come to find out, ivermectin was this medication that Merck developed for the people in the Amazon River Basin that were getting river blindness. And that is how it got invented because it it eliminated that, actually gave many of them their sight back. and. With that, I mean, it was a tremendous medication. But at that point, I realized, no, when it comes to the history of ivermectin, it was actually made for people. That's what it was designed for. It was not designed for animals. It was not designed for horses and cows and so forth. It was originally designed for humans. That's what it was for. Now, they found out over time that it worked for a lot of different things. And that's how it came to be used for horses and for cattle and for animals and so forth. But the reality is it was originally formulated for humans. And there's only one form. There's not a human form and an animal form. There's just one form of it. But you see, with that, There was so much being put out from one side that was actually absolutely not true, but anybody that was coming forth telling truth, then it was getting shut down. See, at that point, these people were offended. Now, why? That's a different question for a different day, but you ought to be concerned about why they were offended over that because, see, truth should matter truth should matter. And see the bottom line is and and I'll say this is I'm I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But I I will defend a person's right to say that what they want about Christianity. I won't agree with it. They they may attack it and and I may dislike everything they say. I may disagree with everything they say about Christianity, but I want them to have the right to say it. They might talk about me and my ethnicity, and they might say a lot of things that I don't like, that I I disagree with, and, and I just don't want. But I will defend their right to have that opinion Because the thing of it is, is when we stop defending the right of free speech, which is ultimately the right of a free conscience. In other words, you have the right to formulate your opinions and your belief system. When we stop defending that, at that point, somebody has to be the arbitrator of that. Somebody, and now the bottom line is that somebody, the, the elusive they, well, you know, they say, they say this. You know, at that point, there's somebody out here that has to assume the role of being the arbitrator of what's allowed and what's not allowed. And at that point in time, that group becomes extremely powerful. And like God told Samuel to tell Israel, here is how they're going to be. Their their thoughts aren't going to be about your well-being and what's fair for you and what's good for you. Their thoughts are going to be, how can we make things better for us and those we like? This is why we have to defend the liberty of those that we disagree with. We have to defend the freedom of speech of those that we adamantly disagree and oppose because if we restrict them, at some point, we will be restricted, and we are being restricted right now, and we need to push back. God bless you. See you tomorrow.